Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Sis Internet Radio. Sisters in Spirit, affectionately called Sis, is a nurturing environment for women that inspires harmony in everyday living, shares resources that empower, offers information and support that nourishes the soul, balances our mental and physical well-being, and promotes inner peace and heightened spirituality. Our vision is a world where women live consciously, harmoniously, and spiritually to positively impact our lives and the lives of those with whom we come into contact. Join us as we live life with style, grace, and of course, much joy. Welcome to our Sisters in Spirit broadcast for Thursday, December 2nd, 2010. You're here with your host, Raisa, and I'm Sky. Good evening, Raisa. How are you today? Good evening, Sky. Good evening, listeners. I'm wonderful. How are you? I am just truly blessed and highly favored this evening and very excited. Today's topic is letting go and moving forward. And we are joined this evening by our special guest, Terry E. Belf. Hi, Terry. How are you this evening? Good evening, Sky. Good evening, Raisa. I am really excited to be here. What a topic. Yes, it is, and we are ready and eager to get into the discussion. But before we go forward, I want to let our listeners know a little bit more about you. Terry E. Beth Belf, M-A-C-A-G-S, is the first master certified coach in the world and a coaching leader. She is a coach, a coach trainer, and a spiritual mentor, author and workshop facilitator, and is passionate about inspiring and guiding people to take steps towards their dreams. Terry prefers to work with people who have a spiritual foundation, and she attributes much of her success to contagious enthusiasm, curiosity, and learning to let go and flow. Again, Terry, welcome this evening, and I'd like for you to just Give us a little bit of information about how you got started as a coach. What drew you into that field, into that profession? And then we'll get into our topic, letting go and moving forward. Okay, well, I know nothing about coaching at all, and I was let go from my job. I was a single parent. I had a mortgage to pay, and I was scared. And someone in the U.S. recommended I contact these people in London because they were doing something that he thought might be useful. And I remember teasing and saying, what about, you know, someone who does career counseling? He said, that's not career counseling. Trust me, call. And I called this coaching company, and lo and behold, that's how I got into it. I was mesmerized. Yes. it. Once you get the call and get the urge, it just draws you in if that's your uh-huh. energy and destination. So let us start right. with our topic of letting go and moving forward. Terry, can you give us some insight as to to how to do this? Well, I'm going to start by asking some questions so that listeners can wrap their arms around this huge topic. The first is, what can we let go of? And the answer is, we can let go of things. We can let let go of beliefs, even emotions and feelings. We can let go of expectations, and you can even let go of people. Then the question becomes, what's going to be left when we let go? We'll have space. For what? For what? For what? We can talk about that. 
And what is the fear behind letting go? I mean, it, in, it involves changing the status quo. If everything is going hunky-dory and you don't let go of everything, of anything, then you're not changing the status quo. And changing the status quo can be hazardous to your health. So let's take a look at the fear behind it. And what is the connection between letting go and spirituality? You know, and does letting go always have to be a negative experience? And finally, a thought that letting go suggests that whatever you let go of is actually less important than what replaces it. So those are some beginning questions to think about. They are, and there are some very intense questions as well. So what what do you suggest or where do you where do you suggest we start with this? Well, the first thing I think to recognize is that letting go is a choice. And every choice we make presumes that we are responsible for that choice, which means able to respond, responsible, able to respond. Um, it involves trusting. Trusting that what's going to happen when you let go is is for the highest good of yourself and, and all the others. And it involves getting into that uncomfortable place called emptiness or space. And many people don't feel comfortable there because it's not familiar. Okay? When you let go, you have to release obligations, shoulds, duties, requirements in order to have some space. Um, Letting go involves having the ability to say no, or I can't. Letting go involves trusting, faith, all right? A very important aspect, faith, is involved with letting go because the outcomes are no longer within your control. And this could be an idea, it could be things, it could be a belief. When you let go of something, you don't know what's going to happen, you really don't. So you have to have faith in, in God or a higher power or source, whatever you call it, to let go of being in control. Mm-hmm. So those so are some places. So you're opening up a space and you have to feel comfortable that grace or love and light will fill that space and uh-huh. not be full. Right. Right. I know you said earlier that we, we have to decide what we want to let go of. And say in my case, there are a couple of things. But how would you suggest we go about deciding, you know, what to let go of and, and how and what order um, to do so? Okay. Well, I would ask the listeners to think about the categories. And maybe when we invite them to join us, people can suggest some things they want to let go of or beliefs or emotions or expectations or or people. And the process, actually, if I may share a little poem I wrote for this, it might give some clues. Yeah, Okay, it starts with, I sort through papers and ditch the ones I may not need in the next two years, but might they be needed by me or someone? This process brings up fears. What criteria am I to use, that's a clue, to make these removal choices? What standards or values do I have, I muse? In my brain sings a chorus of voices. So 
so far we have criteria and one of them might be when do I need this? Do I still need this? And who else has it? I go through my closets and remove old clothes. My friends that covered me during my life, I judge them callously as the pile grows. This churns my stomach and internal strife. You know, someday I might fit into that again. I might. All right. The pantry is the place I tackle next, piling up goods for donation to people who don't have a pantry and have to economize and ration. So when you get rid of things, you might consider where are they going? Are they going to people who are more needy or deserving or worthy of these objects or even ideas? Storage areas galore tucked away, giving me much perspective. What odd things I chose to save. Were these mandatory or elective? That brings up the question of, does a person have a perspective of abundance or poverty consciousness? That's a biggie. Mm. I reflect on all the people in my life. They have emerged for some reason. Is it fair to cut any out? I experience guilt and treason. How can you let go of people? I mean, how can you let go of people? That's an interesting question, but you might consider this, that... Um, Let's see. I have a interesting way of looking at this. I'm going to have to come back and find that because there's some value in looking at the people part, too. So now I'm getting into the swing. I need not hold on to anything. I can let go of everything and see what wonders life will bring. This suggests that if we're in the mystery of life, the wonder, the the fascination, the, the grace, as you said. What might life bring us? Oh, dear. When I have let go of too much, I yearn for the familiar once again. I bemoan things I can no longer touch and look back to this time when I learned to let go of attachment. So did you get some clues there? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um it's very interesting because from what I see or what I hear, it's very um, individual, and most people probably go through the same process or have the same attachments um, or emotion, but it's still very individual when you're looking at you know what you should get rid of and, and the order that you need to get rid of things. Yes, the choice is an individual choice, and it's based upon our values, what we think is important. It's based upon the amount of space we have. I can tell you a true story that's almost unbelievable. This was a client who had three houses. Why? Because his wife was a pack rat. Rat pack? Pat rack. Yes. <laughs> and she kept bringing stuff in, and they didn't have room, so he bought another house, and then he bought another house. I mean, some wow. people have storage areas, but this guy was able to buy houses. He had three houses because there wasn't enough stuff. You know, I don't have a garage now in my life, but you know what? If I had it, I'm sure it would be full. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it would be full. Yeah. What criteria And I think the more clues that you need to let go of things is when... Um, 
and I'll use me as an example. If you had closed at the cleaners for a month or two and you still keep on wearing things, you haven't washed clothes, you haven't gotten your clothes off the cleaners and you're still wearing clothes, then you need to let go of some clothes. Very good point. <laughs> and Very if you're always point. looking for things, that means that there's clutter as well. So there's obviously some things that are in the way that you can let go. Right. I have a lot of stuff in my office. It's uh, stuff from travels around the world, and I'm over 60, almost 65, so I've I've got stuff, and I was um, concerned about this, and a wise person came into my office and went over to my file cabinet and said, do you know what's in the back of the second drawer here? I said, yes, actually I do, and I started talking, and then he went over to one of my drawers, and he said, do you know what's in there? I said, yes. He said, do you know everything that's there in your office? I said, yeah, I do. He said, well, then you don't have much, too much stuff. As long as you are master of your kingdom, that was the phrase he used, and know who is in it, meaning all the papers and the books and the stuff. As long as you right. know where everybody is in your kingdom, you don't have too much stuff. I went, oh, my yeah. God, what a way to look at it. How wise. That is an interesting way to look at it. And, and I'm sure that the majority of people can't say that. Right. I know where my stuff is. Right. Well, I don't. Open I don't know where my stuff is. <laughs> <laughs> Open your center desk drawer. Are there any surprises? Well, yeah, it's yeah, a lot of surprises because I don't know where anything is. And if I'm looking for something, it's difficult to find. So I know I, you know, I need to let go of quite a bit. Uh-huh. And um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. So what is the um, – did we – cover actually the steps that we should take and when we want to when we decide what we want to let go and we've gotten to the point that we are ready to let go okay i think the first step is to decide which of the areas you're looking at is it a belief Mm -hmm. is it a thing is it an emotion is it an expectation is it somebody in your life who doesn't support you living on purpose or moving forward first decide that category then come up with criteria so you're talking about things Okay, one criteria is, who else has this? You know, you don't have to be the one to be the storage container for archives for everything in life. Let someone else do that. So where else can you get this information? Nowadays, you can get a lot of it on the Internet. So do you really need to hang on to this or this or this? Or when was the last time I used it? Now, that's, that's, that's a pretty good question. When was the last time I used this? You know, my mom had beautiful clothes. When she died, I took a whole bunch of them. I only have one now, only one blouse left. And, no, I have not worn that. It is not in my criteria. If I don't wear it in two years, I have to get rid of it. But I have a strong emotional attachment to it. It's the only blouse I have left. So at some point, I'm going to let go of it and change my criteria. But do I need that? When my emotions are attached to something... They're not free to be fully present. And my goal in life is to be as often fully present as I can. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So criteria. In another way that you know that you need to go of just things that you do, doing, let go of doing is when you don't have enough time in the day to get to the things that you think you should be getting to. That means you need to let go of some of those things in your day. (laughs) Right. Right. Many many people don't have time or don't take the time to step back and look at what is really important in their life. They're caught up with 
you know, figuring out the phone bill and finding the keys and making sure that you have this particular spice for dinner. And when you're caught up at the level of that kind of detail, you can't get above it. And you'll never really work at the level of what is purposeful and most important. And that's where the meaningfulness is in life. That's the gift for us as human beings. It's the... Here, let me read you another little poem written by a great-great-grandmother. And it's, A prickly baby cactus cried, Alack, a me, oh my, I know someday I'll die of thirst, This desert is so dry. The rotund, sun-tried mother plant complacently replied, Oh, no such thing, for soon you'll learn to live from the inside. See, when you're, everything outside there is a mirror of what's going on inside. To help you get some perspective, to clear it up so that the inside has space. And what do we want space for in the inside? For connection with spirit, for connection to other people, for inspiration, for creativity, for awareness. That's what our life is about. And it comes from the inside. So when we have space outside, it allows us to have more space inside. Mm. That's true, and it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So once we've decided, you know, what area we would like to um, concentrate on in letting go, what will be the next step that we need to take? Well, then pick, pick the place. Let's say it's a house. Okay, I had another client who was a lady who um, her husband had kicked her out of the bedroom because he couldn't stand it anymore. Her friends, her her kids, would not invite any friends over because they were embarrassed because there was so much stuff all around. And so she came, threw her hands up and said, I don't know how it got this way, but I don't know. I don't know where to begin. What do I do? And I said, pick one spot in your house, any spot. So she picked a corner in a study. I said, okay. Would you agree to spend an hour in that corner looking around and seeing what's there with a green garbage bag next to you? And first we came up with criteria. And then honoring your criteria, either throw it away, put it in the donation pile, or put it in the place where you want it to have its home. We want home. Everything we have wants home, wherever that is. And she said, yeah, I'll agree to do that one hour, but, you know, that's not making any progress at all. This is going to take many hours. I said, yeah, it is. But the reason you haven't even started is you haven't started. So she said, okay. Well, by the end of the three months that I spent time with her, she had probably spent about 14 hours. Now, in a lifetime, that's not very much, but for this project, it was huge. So much so that her husband invited her back into the bedroom, and her kids started helping her. They were so proud of her. Now, the whole thing took a year. Honestly, it took a whole year to get to where she wanted it to be. So sometimes it takes time and commitment. But, oh, my God, the rewards are beyond fabulous. Yeah, it changes the whole energy of a space. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, in preparation for this uh, opportunity tonight, I cleared off the kitchen table. There is nothing on it now. And I came down the next morning and I went into the kitchen and it was like, I had this just amazing visceral reaction to the kitchen (laughs) table being empty. 
<laughs> and it was just delicious, just totally delicious. So try one little spot. That's where you begin. Once you decide what category and you have your criteria, try one little spot and be sure to pay attention to your feelings because that's what it's all about. That's why we do it, to create right. space inside. Right. So you should you letting go is list. part of a cycle. Letting go is part of a cycle. It's not the end result. You don't let go just to let go. I thought it was just to let go, but then I learned that it's not that. There's a reason we let go. You know, you can think of your breath. Okay, inhale and then exhale. Can you tell the precise moment where the inhale changes to the exhale and vice versa? You can't. The exact moment. You can't. It's part of a cycle. Letting go of the breath that you took <sighs> requires then that you take another breath in. <sighs> and it's a cycle that continues and continues and continues. When you, I have a question regarding the uh, client you was working with. I found that um, we've had sort of like some personal experiences with um, a family member and hoarding. And um, just from looking at the situation and understanding what that person has gone through, there seems to be like a psychological um, reason that people hoard. So aside from going to a psychiatrist or something like that, how do we, you know, deal with that aspect of it? I know you mentioned uh, once we set our criteria and we – you know, start with a particular spot, be conscious of the feeling. So uh, right. is that something that we're going to become aware of as we go through the process? But I know in this particular situation, it's, it's my opinion that a traumatic situation helped this person start hoarding. And I yeah. know from personal um, experience with myself, when years ago, um, I felt a sense of loss. I know that I started having a lot of stuff around me. Mm. When I came to that realization, you know, I got to the point where I was like, okay, this stuff has to go. But somewhere along the line, I realized that that stuff was there because it was filling a void that I had. So some uh-huh. people may not be uh-huh. able to understand that or realize that, but how how does that happen? Is it something that's going to happen naturally or you know, where where does that play a part in terms of getting to the core of why you are holding on to things in the beginning, in the first place? Right. Well, there are two schools of thought. One is that you have to understand why, and the other is that you can proceed without understanding why once you start having the positive feelings replace mm-hmm. what was there. But if there is a core that is shaken um, and needs to have things fill it in, then it really gets down to the bottom line, which is trust. And Mm -hmm. trusting that, is the universe going to give you what you need when you need it? Or is it not? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, are you, are, yeah, that's it. Trust, no matter how, how I say it, it really comes down to trusting, is the universe going to give you what you need? I mean, think of a Mother Teresa or somebody who, um, you know, we hear stories, amazing stories of people who, uh, trust the universe to give them what they need, and mm-hmm. somehow they survive and they and they get it. They're wonderful stories, and it yeah, really it's how that do you positive learn? expectation. The universe yeah. 
can't, it doesn't like a void. Any void that's out there is going to be filled with something. So depending upon where you're coming from, if you're vibrating from fear and lack, then, then you're going to have that type of experience. But if you are positively expecting the void to be filled with something that you desire, then that's what you'll get. That's what you'll draw into it. And it could be a, oh, what's the word, uh, a transfer, so that if you really want love, you might go out and buy lots of clothes. You know, it might mm-hmm. not be a one-for-one correspondence. Gee, right. I I want love, but I'm going to go buy clothes, well, and maybe that'll yeah. do it. You know, and you buy more clothes and more clothes, or you eat. You eat more and more right. and more foods, but you're still not getting love. So it doesn't necessarily, when the when the love comes in, that may or may not fulfill the need. It depends what what the real need is deep down in there. You know, mm-hmm. I think we have a lot to learn from our uh, pets. If anyone has a pet out there, think about your pet. The life lessons that they are trying to teach us, shed, shed, shed. Every time you look at your cat or your dog, maybe birds too, I don't know, hamsters, whatever animals shed, Snake. remember. Yeah, think about it. Use it as a little... You know, external trigger to your memory to let go every time you have to clear a shed thing from a dog or a cat. <laughs> let them help you. Yeah, and again, that's a repetitive process. Mm-hmm. It's like the trees shed their leaves. It's a cycle. It's not like mm-hmm. you do it once, you're finished, and you you don't have to do it again. You're continuously expanding, continuously accumulating. So it has to be a cycle, as you said. Right. Right. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> that it's a cycle, and I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. They do it one time, and then, you know, it's like a long period of time in between before they start letting go again. So um, that's a point that we need to keep in mind, that it's going to be a continuous thing, you know, whether it's with things or beliefs or people We've been talking about things up until this point, more or less, but would the process change if we're dealing with belief? And I would really, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting into people because, as as you've said, you know, sometimes people say, okay, you said get rid of people or prune people from your life. So people are mm-hmm. kind of weird when you think about that. But would the process be the same when we're dealing with trying to let go of certain beliefs that keep us gripped and keep us from moving forward. It is the same, and people think it's pretty crass to think of letting go of people. The first consideration is, can I learn more and move forward in my life by being in relationship with this person? And if the answer is no, then the process is to have a conversation of integrity with the person, don't just say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm busy, I can't get together. Oh, I have another commitment that night. I, I can't make it. You know, don't don't uh, go the back door. Come right out there and be full of integrity and say to the person, this is what our relationship has been about. These are the values. This is what's been valuable for me. I've learned this and this from you. I've enjoyed this and this from you. And at this point, I am moving into a direction where I need different kinds of support in my life. And, you know, like, I I wish you luck. It's been wonderful knowing you, and I don't think we're going to be getting together again. 
and be very honest. I mean, it's hard to do. I had to do it. It was part of a personal project in coaching. It was very hard to do. And I remember the person, the first person I did it with said, oh, my God, Terry, I can't believe you just told me I'm not going to see you again, and I feel okay about it. How would you do that? <laughs> and that's the idea. And I did it in the job world, too. I used to fire people and leave them feeling really good about themselves. The governor in Massachusetts would send me people that needed to be fired because he knew that they would be okay after I spent time with them. So that's something to try to pay attention to. I mean, there's a cute quote by Ann Landers, and that is, hanging on to people is letting them live rent-free in your life. Hmm. Okay? You know, if they're not supporting you moving, moving ahead and living on your purpose and doing the most important things in your life... You're you're cheating yourself. Now, let's look at family. You can't just say, hey, brother, I'm not going to see you again. <laughs> so how do you handle the family? That's a, lot, a slightly different thing because we were talking about colleagues and maybe friends here. But for the family, you do have choices, and especially getting into the holiday season now, you, you have to look at how can you find the humor in the situation with someone Instead of, you know, oh, God, these are going to be the problems, how can you find the humor? Um, you can be curious about the person. What's good and new since we saw each other last? Mm -hmm. uh, you can listen to others talk about their successes. People love to talk. And instead of wanting airtime, be the listener. See what information you can find out about the other person that you might not have known before. Be of service. You know, these be grateful. These are things that help you be in relationship with someone that you really don't want to spend time with. And if a red flag goes up and there's a, a, an argument or a disagreement or something like that, you have a choice whether to engage in it. Don't go into habit mode. Step back. Mm -hmm. Step back and say, what's more important to me? Preserving the peace and harmony or being right and proving myself? Yeah. So these, you get these caught are, up in being right yeah. a lot of times. Right, right. What I found with family, too, I've recently kind of gone through an experience like that where someone that I was typically very close to um, visited, and, you know, we just had some exchanges, and, you know, just in talking, and I found that this person was being very toxic to the point that it was, you know, just overwhelming me. And afterwards, you know, then there was some little discord, and afterwards, you know, I kind of said, well, I'm not going to be in contact with that person for a while, you know, and just let things uh -huh. go. And, um, you know, I, I had a conversation with someone else who was close, and I was telling them about it, and he was like, well, I think you should call the person. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to call that person because, you know, they're being very toxic right now, and, and I'm just not feeling it. I didn't want to call and not feel that I wanted to be uh, in contact with that person. And as as it turned out, they ended up contacting me and being very positive during the discussion. So, um, you know, even with family, I think, you know, we still can love them and, you know, we're we're always going to be family, but you can kind of love them from afar and not have them uh -huh. uh, bringing negative uh -huh. energy into your environment. Yeah, and and if you don't have coming from a point of being right or wrong, you can just let them be who they are and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's true. Right. You know, they can be who they are, 
but they don't have to be an immediate part of your life, you know, going through or doing, being who they are if they choose not to be a positive influence. And I've learned that over the years I've started, like, pruning people uh, from my life, and and you feel so much better and so much lighter, you know. Uh um, As you said, Terry, people that are not, um, you know, conducive to you moving forward, to you... um, Evolving and people who are not trying to evolve, evolve themselves. You know, none of us are perfect, and I don't really think it's a judgmental thing. I think it's more or less looking at what's going to be beneficial in your life, and not allowing other people, other people's decisions, to influence your life. You know, or negative so energy. I, think that's, um, I have, I have two techniques that I would love to share with you that that give perspective and allow someone to let go of the issue, especially around the holidays. This is these are great. Can I share these two? Yes, thank you. Okay. One I call bigger than the issue of the moment. And when something is going on, if you just ask yourself, what is bigger than the issue of the moment? And I have a a story from my past that gives an example, way past before my second marriage. I was involved with someone and, for three years, and we were having an argument. And I just had the image of wanting him to go into the garage. I had a garage then. Go into the garage and sleep there and just stay away from me. Okay? And I stopped. And I said to myself, what is bigger than the issue of the moment? And what I got in touch with is, I really love this man. Why Why did I forget that? And it enabled me to come back to the place of choice, which is where you want to be. You always want to be at choice. So what is bigger than the issue of the moment? And that is a question I offer everyone to gain perspective and come back to the present and be a choice. Let go of everything else other than what is bigger than the issue of the moment. That's one. The second one is um, called relax and release. And it actually, the idea came to me and was written up nicely by Michael Singer in his book, The Untethered Soul. Michael Singer, The Untethered Soul. And if you are aware of the centers of energy of the body, there is one that is the center of consciousness, it's called, the detached self, the wise observer, the neutral observer. It has many different names. And it's located about a foot above your head, a little bit back from the center, a little bit back. So everyone can sort of take their hand and put it up in that space there, and that's the place that you're going to use for this technique. So Terry, can you repeat where that location is? It dropped out a little bit. So can you repeat where that is? That location sure. is? Sure. It is about 12 inches above your center of your head, but a little bit back from that. Okay. It's a spot where you can actually see yourself from. So put your awareness up there now, and you can lo- you can watch and listen, and and you can see yourself. It's your perspective place, your center of consciousness. And if you go up there and you take a deep breath and you say, relax and release, at the same time as you're watching whatever's going on. So Uncle So-and-so is starting to talk about the conflict in the family that occurred, blah, blah, blah. And you feel your body starting to get into the, oh, no. And you go up to the seat of consciousness and you say to yourself, 
relax and release. And you stay up there and you observe it. Not participating in it, you are observing it. And that will help everybody get through the holidays and let go of the stuff that pops up. Now we're talking more the beliefs, the judgments, the expectations, not the papers. Relax and release. And I challenge everyone to try it five times in the next week. I almost almost could say I guarantee you will experience it quite, your life quite differently just from using it. Relax and release. Well, thank you. I will definitely try that. <laughs> <laughs> because the holidays is a time when you are, you know, in the throes of things and, you know, there's just so much going on. And um, I think that would be very beneficial. In terms of beliefs, can you give us any more information of, about how to come to grips with um, letting go of, because that's something, I think that would probably be more difficult than letting go of things and maybe even uh-huh. people to a certain extent. Because uh-huh. beliefs are something that, you know, is kind of like really ingrained in us in most cases, not in all cases, but in most cases. Yeah, and we tend to be kind of hypnotized by our beliefs by, you know, what's happened in the past and those belief systems and and just act out things moving forward. So it would really be good to hear some techniques for letting go of beliefs as well. The first step there is actually becoming aware of what your beliefs are. Um, That's the hard part. What are the assumptions I make in my life? What are the beliefs that shape my choices and my behavior. So come up with an example of a belief. Let's work with it. Can you think of one? It might not support I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy? Okay. I'm not worthy. Well, that's definitely, you can tell how, what would be a belief that would support you if if you let go of the I am not worthy belief? What would be the belief that replaces it? I am worthy. I'm valuable. I'm worthy. Okay. Okay, so if you take two different people, the I am not worthy and the I am worthy, can you imagine them going into the same situation and having a totally different experience? Totally. I've seen it in action with people. I saw this the the first one. I saw it over Thanksgiving holiday. I sat and watched it. (laughs) That's the first thing that popped in my head. (laughs) So when you're dealing with something, you have to ask yourself, what are the assumptions I make about this? Right before going into a holiday gathering, what are the assumptions that you're making? Well, that people won't be interested in what I'm saying. Or my assumption is that people are going to have really interesting things for me to learn. Or, um, oh, it's going to be just like it's always been. Well, you know what you're going to get if you believe that? You're going to get it's going to be like it's always been. Because our beliefs are nothing more than the pre-verbal language. Beliefs mm-hmm. are just thoughts in our head. And who makes them up? We do. We do. And they we do. create our reality. And we don't even know how long ago we believed that. You know, I had um, someone who was working on trying to let go of smoking. And um, I asked the person, what, what are your beliefs about smokers? And the person said, well, 
the smokers are, are dirty, you know, they're not clean. I said, oh, that's interesting. Is that true? Is every single person you know who's a smoker not clean? He said, no. I said, okay. You took a belief and you generalized it, and now your behavior is consistent with that. So let's get back in touch with the belief. Because a belief usually comes from a specific circumstance, and it's generalized to everybody. And there is no such thing as everybody. Right. There's no such thing as always. Yeah. That's right. Um, So getting in touch with the beliefs is the major first step. I almost say go through a day and write down all the things that that you believe as you go through. I'm going to the shopping mall. What do I believe? Oh, it's going to be packed. Mm -hmm. Right? Or I can't find a parking space. You know, there there is a cute little thing my husband got last year called the parking angel. And you put it on your dashboard and you'll always find a parking space. Now, <laughs> guess what? I never actually had a parking angel, but I always believed that there was one. I always get a spot exactly where I need to go. I mean, within three spaces of the front door. And I believe it. Now, that sounds rather magical. And... I do believe it's magical because I can't explain how it happens except I know I have that belief and I know other people who don't have that belief don't get parking spaces close by. Mm -hmm. So try it out for yourself. See what happens. You know, will I be able to return that without a hassle? They always give me a hassle. Well, they will give you a hassle again if you believe that. Believe it. Mm -hmm. I believe it's going to be difficult to get rid of all of these papers well, it's going to be difficult. So change the belief. That's it. <laughs> wow, do you have any questions? Really something. I'm just thinking about, you know, all of the different deep-seated beliefs that people have, and basically it's, it's a matter of um, be willing to, to let it go and be willing to replace it and change it with something, you know. Uh-huh. I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be more difficult for some people than others, but, I mean, that's basically, you know, the first or the basic steps that you need to take. Yeah, it is difficult for some people because, remember, once you let go of something, then you are not in control anymore. You don't know what might replace it. Mm. Like, but you have that's to where the trust comes that in. it would be something positive, otherwise uh-huh. you'll get what you don't want. Or it'll just be as negative as it has been before. <laughs> it's what you so, don't want. <laughs> it's our choice with, to influence it. Mm. And I mean, I'm I'm not pushing long-term experience mm. and family upbringing and cultural stuff. There's a lot of that stuff that goes into our beliefs. It can be really hard to Mm -hmm. shift a belief. The first step is to just know, recognize, acknowledge that it is a belief and it does form your behavior. That's the very first, that's the hardest step of all because it's like a fish in water. We don't even know we have that belief. We just operate that way. Right. Some of it's in your genes and you get things from your family or tribe or nation, gender, whatever, beliefs that kind of flow automatically with that. And as you said, you don't even contemplate that it's a belief. You just take it as 
a truism, but it's actually a belief. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned jeans, and if I can shift it to the other jeans, the blue jeans that we wear, um, <laughs> I, have an, I have my own story about that. I used to believe that eating sweets and chocolate was bad for me, and I worked on that and shifted that belief, and mm-hmm. I now believe that chocolate is really good for me and in moderation sweets also. And I have changed my body weight and my body size to the point where I would say, and this is on the air, I am exactly where I want to be for the rest of my life. And it's all my beliefs. My eating has not changed. My eat, I just believe that the food I put in my body is going to be what my body needs. Hmm. And that is pretty powerful. That was one of my tests of do beliefs really work when we change them. Wow, that's really yeah. interesting. And that's funny because I was just reading something by Abraham Hicks on asking it is given, and he in the in the point was, wouldn't it be nice if your ideas about food were directly in alignment so that you find yourself actually enjoying eating the foods that are good for you and, and allow you to vibrate at that level so that your body is actually getting what it wants and needs. And yes. that's exactly what you said. <laughs> yep. And I didn't even know that someone else said it. I just, <laughs> just I was working on beliefs. I'm a, I'm a student. Of, I'm my own experiment for do things work. And uh, I, I just, I can't believe it. I mean, I, I'm, I absolutely can't believe it. I am thrilled, and it just came about from beliefs. And I don't know what, you see, I don't know what the beliefs were that kept me heavy and disproportionate mm-hmm. and, and sort of flabby. I don't even know what they were. Remember we said before you can either figure right. out why or you could just, and maybe it would have been helpful to know, but I didn't know. I still don't know. And you um, don't have to necessarily. Although I can tell you, I just thought about it now. Interesting. My my mother was heavy, so maybe I had some kind of a belief that I had to be heavy too, without mm-hmm. even, you know, maybe I thought it was in my genes. Now we're back to the other genes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's a, a deep-seated belief as well, because genes change based on thought, and that's been proven right. too. Well, that's, right. that's interesting. I'm going to definitely work on that one. <laughs> Terry, can we ask you to uh, take a moment and let us know about any activities or events that are happening with your businesses, if you could just introduce us to some of the different businesses you have and give your contact information? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, my next workshop, <laughs> this is funny, is called Breathe In and Relax, and it's a retreat, a three-day retreat uh, being held right here in McLean, Virginia, the Dominican Retreat Center, Uh March 29th, 30th, and April 1st. It's a retreat with wisdom, coaching, and spirit. And the one after that is going to be in Portugal. That's a little bit away. But that's the next workshop coming out. And it's for, it's really for a getaway for people who want to take a break, have some free coaching, and learn some things about themselves and just in a real fun environment spiritual environment with fun people. Is that free? The workshop is not free. No, the coaching that will be provided will be within the workshop. No, the workshop, the, um, 
the website for that is www.wrinklewisdom.com. Wrinklewisdom.com. No, it's going to be $500. We've just got the contract today, and um, it'll be three days. The other thing is I am most proud of an amazing and inspiring deck of cards that someone and I created using the concepts from the Kibalion, which is the study of the hermetic philosophy of ancient Egypt and Greece. It's basically how does the world work through energy and vibration and intention. And we created a deck of cards that is color-coded to fit with the chakras, the human energy centers, and has photos and words from the Kabbalion, and it, it just triggers more and more and more inner wisdom to come forth. And what I do is I pull the Kabbalion. Kabbalion, K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N, Kabbalion, K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N. Uh-huh. I pull three cards every day, and I use it as my guide for spiritual clarity and peace. And it, you also can get it through www.wrinklewisdom. Dot com, And um, I do coach training, so there's always some good stuff there. And both Sky and I do life purpose. So if you want to know more about that work, I would say go to kind of go to my personal website, www.belfcoach.com. And Belf is B like in boy, E-L-F like in Frank. Coach, belfcoach.com. You can find out more about that there. So those are the two things that pop up in my mind. And you well, can find out what I'm wondering, especially the um, the three day getaway. That's very um, sounds like something I really would like to be um, uh, learn more about. And um, I will take a moment to say that uh, the coach training program under Terry is um, very extensive, and it's a very um, personal learning experience um i've experienced it and um you 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 will experience a transformation in your life uh going through the process so i encourage people who are interested in doing that to uh, definitely visit our website and get more information the website for the coach training it isn't accredited which is important we have accreditation it's a coach training and certification program and it's rooted in life purpose and spirituality and the website for that is www.successunlimitednet.com successunlimitednet.com and that'll tell you more about that part of my life and finally um, I've gotten into poetry and I've put on Kindle, a little potpourri of purposeful poems. It's my autobiographical journey from despair to peace because I started losing my hearing in the year 2000 significantly and I now am completely dependent upon hearing aids and I wrote poetry through it. So I, I published the poetry and I have a little poem at the very end when I'm allowed to share it with everybody that would be our closing poem for today. Okay, great. So at this point, if there are any, um, if there's any closing information that you'd like to share with us, or thoughts, or tips, or information, we can uh, do that at this point in time. Bryce, did you have any other comments or anything that you'd like to make, or questions? No comments or questions. But after she does her close out, uh, I'd like to make some comments about our upcoming events. Okay, all right. Uh, Terry, did you want to make some closing uh, remarks regarding our topic for the evening? I will do my little poem here now, but I have to 
I have to ask you all to let go of any judgments you might have about my singing ability. Like I said, I'm a coach and coach trainer. I'm not a song person, and without my hearing, I can't even carry a tune. So you go into your imagination and bring forth the melody of this holiday song we all know called Let It Snow. Ready? My life used to be so delightful, but the stress I have now is frightful. And since it appears to show, let it go, let it go, let it go. I need to show signs of pausing. When I stop and relax, it's rousing. But my well-being's been so low, I need to grow, let it go, let it go. My shadow is slowly dying. My light becomes inspiring. I I have to regain my glow. Let it glow, let it glow, let it glow. Success and results are beginning. I've transformed attachment to winning. As long as I stay in the flow, I let it go, let it go, let it go. Thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. And I don't know why you were concerned about the tune because it was it was really great. Yeah, that was great. Use your imagination. Never say can't or not or all of those things. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Okay, Bryce, are you ready to uh, give us some updates on what's coming up with this as well? Sure. Our next show, we're keeping up with this topic of letting it go. It's on clearing energy and detoxification, and that will be on the 16th of this month. And I wanted to announce as well that we're going to have our own Expo in March. It'll be March 6th at the Solarium here in Atlanta. So just want to get that information out there. It's going to be an event with speakers all dealing with mind, body, health, spirituality, and uh, just be the whole spring renewal theme. So we're looking forward to getting both attendees and vendors as well as speakers. You'll be hearing a lot more about that. Check the website at www.fluidmagazine.com. And um, as we come to a wind here, we would like to um, thank our special guest, Terry E. Belf, who is a master certified coach, and she's a coach, coach trainer, and spiritual mentor, author, and web, web workshop facilitator. And you can reach Terry at coach at belf.org. That's the word coach, C-O-A-C-H, at B-E-L-F dot org. Or you can reach her at www.belfcoach, B-E-L-F-C-O-A-C-H dot com. And we always like to close out uh, with a quote. So, Raisa, did, did you have a quote you'd like to share with us? Yes, and, and it's from um, Asking It Is Given by Esther and Jerry Hicks, which is why I had the book open. <laughs> reference previously and it's just saying you know be easy about all of this you tend to take life so seriously life is is supposed to be fun you know so let it flow let it flow let it (laughs) thank you so much for that tune i'm going to remember that throughout the holidays definitely and it's so appropriate I have a quote that I put together earlier today, so this is um, from Sky, and it says, letting go of anything is as simple or as complicated as we make it to be. You see, it's a state of being more so than a decision, because every decision 
has to be acted upon by our entire being to be a success. So being open to letting go and moving forward. And with that, we'd like to thank you. You've been listening to Sisters in Spirit. We invite you to visit us on our website, www.fluidmagazine.com. On behalf of Raisa, our special guest, Terry E. Belf, and myself, Sky, thank you for being with us this evening. And we invite you to infuse harmony into your everyday living. Terry? Yes, ma'am. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. I want to thank you for this opportunity. I'm going to go let go of some things right now. Yes, me too. (laughs) Have a wonderful evening, everyone. Thank you. Good night. Listeners for calling in. Good night. Bye-bye. Yeah.